You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode number 28. Hello, hello, people. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to be talking about something a little spicy, maybe a little controversial. We'll see. We're going to be talking about four major mistakes that you might be making in your business or on social media that are costing you clients. And along with that will be some advice on things that you should never, ever, 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 ever say on your social media pages because you might be driving people away. And no, I'm not even talking about religion or politics or anything like that. It's purely business related content today. Now, I want to preface this entire episode with the fact that I am not throwing shade at any of you. I know some of the things that I might say will probably ruffle some feathers. You might not agree with every single thing that I have to say in this episode. This is not meant to call you out or anything like that. Please know that all these tips are based on my own opinion and experience, and I really do just want what is best for you and your business. If I wanted to throw shade at you and make you look bad and all those things, I wouldn't even tell you that these things are bad at all because that would be, I mean, the ultimate jerk move, right? So anyway, I want you guys to succeed. I want you guys to thrive and have successful businesses. So again, these are just my opinions. If you don't agree with them, that's cool. Don't listen to me. Um, But yeah, let's get into the show. All right, sister, let's talk for a second. Are you struggling with Instagram? Like you have no idea how to make yourself stand out from everyone else in your industry and yet just wish you knew the magical button to hit to make everyone want to hang out on your page. Well, can I let you in on a little secret? It all starts with your bio. Your Instagram bio is the first thing that people read when they come onto your profile and you only have a few seconds, like less than seven to be exact, to make an impression that will either get your ideal client to stay or have them clicking off your profile faster than you could say buttercup. Okay, I honestly don't know where that came from, but you get the point. I have created a totally free resource for you to help you with this problem. This is going to help solve all your IG bio issues. If you want to be able to attract your dream client, make sure they are serving all the right people, then you need my free Instagram bio upgrade guide. Inside the guide is my five-step process to creating Instagram bios that are super clear on who you are, what you do, and who you serve. If Instagram is where you spend most of your time in your business, then you need to get your hands on this freebie, y'all. To get your hands on this guide, you can head to sarahelrod.com slash Instagram and snag your download. Once again, that is sarah with an H, Elrod, E-L-R-O-D, dot com slash Instagram and start upgrading your Instagram bio game today. Okay, so the first tip that I want to talk about is not showing up, or I guess these are like reverse tips. This is the first thing you could possibly be doing wrong, I guess would be a better way of explaining it. Um, But not showing up. And this really should come as no surprise if you've been around for any amount of time. I've definitely talked about this before. Um, But when you're not showing up for your audience, how do you expect them to show up for you? How do you expect clients to come and reach out to you or interact with you or engage with you or anything like that if you're not doing it for them. Now, when I say showing up, what do I really mean? 
That means being active and engaging on your social media platforms, commenting and DMing people back and responding and initiating conversations, posting regularly, and showing your face on stories, reels, feed posts, whatever you possibly can. Now, I know that the idea of showing up on a consistent basis has probably been beaten into your brain if you have, like I said, if you've listened to me, if you listen to other podcasts or have had any other education before, consistency and repetition is something that we all talk about um, because it really is so important and we do it because we have personally seen the results from it. Um, I know that I have seen dramatic changes in how my business runs and, and works and how it's grown since I've been more consistent in showing up and um, all of that stuff. But I know that a lot of you might be thinking, well, okay, what does that mean? Like, what does posting regularly actually mean? How often do I need to be posting on Instagram in order for this to work for me? And there's really not a one answer fits all type of scenario. My answer to this question is however much you absolutely can. I like to compare social media to going to the gym and let's say you want to lose 10 pounds and you have a friend that also wants to lose 10 pounds and let's say you choose to only go to the gym once a week and then your friend goes to the gym five days a week or seven days a week you know you guys could both reach that 10 pound loss goal you might lose 10 pounds but it might take you four months to get there while as it might take them only one month to get there or two months to get there how whether you post once a week or you post every single day of the week you could get the same results but you're not going to get it as fast as someone who is doing it on a daily basis. So it really comes down to what you are willing to put out and what, how much work you're willing to put into this sort of thing. So the second thing that you might not be doing or you might be doing and that you should stop is not following up with inquiries or messages or anything like that. A huge percentage of clients are lost when we do not follow up with them. And some people, yeah, they just need some time to think over your products or your services. And sometimes they just flat out forget to respond and we need to be following up with them. Try, I would say one of the biggest things that has been a game changer for me is getting them on the phone. So try getting people on the phone with you. Talking on the phone or in person has been life-changing for my bookings personally. And I would say, that 98% of the clients that I talk to on the phone end up booking with me. Now, I have a three-step follow-up rule that I do with every single client. So the first thing, after they send me their inquiry, they fill out my form, I get that initial email from them, I will send them my first initial email that includes my pricing, my information, details, all of that good stuff. It's a jam-packed email. And then let's say like five days goes by. Um, that's, and I haven't heard from them. I haven't, you know, maybe I can see that they've read the email and I haven't heard anything out of them since that day. So I usually wait about four to five days and then I'll send my first follow-up email. And that first follow-up email is usually just a couple of sentences and it's asking if they had any questions on the information that I sent over to them. And then I 
Also try to get them to book a phone call with me if we have not already done that. Um, so if we haven't booked a phone call, I'll usually say, you know, do you have any questions for me based on the pricing guide information I sent over? Um, let's schedule a phone call and we can talk about everything and figure out what's going to be best for you. And I always want to emphasize the fact that when you're emailing clients about pricing and your, your products and services, never approach it in the sense of like, oh, it's totally okay if you want to book with somebody else. Like, do you have questions or if you decided to do something else, like that's totally fine. I And I'm guilty of saying that before, but it's not that you want to say like, absolutely not, you can't book with anybody else. But you also don't want to even like open that door necessarily. If they choose to do that, that's fine. But if, you know, you don't want to be the one basically saying like, here's my product or services, but like, I know you probably have other people to talk to, so it's fine. Like, you can just ignore me or whatever, you know. Stand with confidence and as if they're going to book with you no matter what, even if you're not sure yet. Okay, so that first that first follow-up email, like I said, usually about four to five days after I send over my pricing information if I have not heard from them yet. Then I will send a second follow-up email, assuming that I still have not heard back from them. And so maybe after another five to seven days, I'll send a second follow-up email. Sometimes I do it sooner than that. It kind of just depends. Sometimes it'll be three days. Usually about a week is my max before I'll send another follow-up email. And so at this point, I might be a little bit more abrupt and I might just say, hey, are you still interested in booking with me? Basically, um, in more or less words, hopefully I can just, you know, either get some type of response out of them is kind of my end goal. You know, I don't even care if they still need more time. Um, if they send me back an email like, yeah, you know, we are just talking it over or we need more time to look over everything or, or whatever that might be. Just to have some communication with me is all I'm really asking of them. And then let's say even more time goes by, let's say another week or so goes by and I still haven't heard from them. So by this point, I've already sent my first email with pricing and information, um, my first follow-up email, so that's two emails, and then a second follow-up email and I still haven't heard from them. My third follow-up email is called the golden email because this is going to either make or break this uh, relationship I have with this client, not break the relationship necessarily, but the inquiry. Like we, this is gonna be super black and white, a tiny bit passive aggressive. <laughs> um, so again, I've sent two follow-up emails. They still haven't responded. So at this point, I'm basically saying, hi, insert name. Since I haven't heard back from you, I'm going to take it as you are no longer interested in working together. No worries. I will be deleting your inquiry. Happy planning. Signed, Sarah. This email is usually either going to get a quick response from someone and they will either read that and go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, something happened and blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. Like, that's fine. We can move forward. Or they might still just say nothing. And at that point, I delete it and move on. So um, those are kind of my, and I use HoneyBook for all of this. So um, you can even archive the emails. So a lot of times I'll archive them um, if I have to send a golden email. And then I still have all their information in case they ever reach out to me again in the future. I can kind of go back and remember who they are and, and what our conversation was like. Um, I did actually do an entire episode on my podcast for um, how to not get ghosted as much for your clients or from your clients. So if you want to take a listen to that, then it is episode 20 of the Branded Cowgirl podcast.
Okay, the third thing that you might not be doing in your business that's causing you to lose clients is not providing value. I see this a lot, especially in creative businesses and with people like photographers where they just post a photo with like a simple one-liner caption and call it a day. And sure, maybe you're getting bookings and work from doing this and maybe it has all been working for you this far and you know, why fix something if it isn't broke, right? Well, I'm sorry to say, but you're most likely missing out on a huge demographic by not providing genuine value to your clients. And value doesn't have to just be tips and tricks within your industry either. I feel like that's a very common misconception is that you almost have to position yourself as like an educator or something, which is not true. Value can be anything that is educational, inspirational, or entertaining. So many of these creators creative industries are saturated and the number one thing that is going to help you stand out from the rest is you and who you are and what you bring to the table. Pretty pictures are only going to get you so far. Believe me, I have learned this from experience. And it wasn't until I started heavily diving into creating value-packed content that I saw my business evolve in a huge way. Going back to kind of what we talked about earlier, you don't have to post on Instagram every single day if that is too much for you, but just keep in mind that if you're not like someone else is, and if you both have the same end goal, I can promise you that the person who is putting in this work daily is going to get there faster. And what this really boils down to is your priorities. If your business is just your side hustle, then maybe it really doesn't matter if you post every single day anyways because you have other sources of income. But for someone who does this full time, they might not have any other choice other than to go through a season of hustling and creating a ton of content to set a solid foundation for their business in the future so that one day they don't have to work so hard, their business will work for them. Um, and there's really no right or wrong way to do this you just have to think about what's important to you and what works for you and your lifestyle and what you're trying to achieve the next thing that we're going to talk about is not talking about what you sell and how that might be hurting you so if you don't actually talk about the thing that you sell or the product or the service that you offer how is anybody ever going to know to buy from you or what to buy from you a solid marketing strategy is providing consistent steady, high value, free content 90% of the time and selling to those same exact people in our audience only 10% of the time. And when I say sell, I literally mean like straight up telling these people what you have and why they should buy it. And all the free value, because that probably sounds scary, like, oh my gosh, I have to actually tell people like you should buy this. Think about it this way. All that free value that you have been putting out builds this credibility for yourself, which in return makes selling a heck of a lot easier. But I also know, again, sales selling, that whole idea is really scary to people and we don't wanna be annoying or redundant or push people away. But the reality is most of those negative thoughts that you have about sales and selling are in your own head. It's just a mindset hurdle that we need to get over. I want you to shift your mindset around the idea of sales and stop thinking about it as something like slimy and start thinking about sales as helping people. When you have something to offer someone that you really deep down believe in and you know with your full heart that you can solve their problems, 
why would you be afraid to give that to someone? Sales are just problem solving and money is just the exchange needed to help those people. So I think that's a huge thing with everybody, especially when we are in these like creative, more like fun industries. We wanna just do our craft, we wanna do all the fun fluffy things, but we don't think about the fact that, oh my gosh, we have to make money. We actually have to be able to pay our bills. And in order to do that, we're helping people in the process. So you should never feel guilty about selling something that's actually gonna change someone's life. But you have to full-heartedly believe that because you won't be able to sell well if you don't believe deep down that what you're doing is actually gonna help somebody. And the last thing that we are gonna cover today is the things that you are probably, this is probably the meatiest one too. So if you stuck around, like you're here for the good stuff now. So the last thing we're gonna cover is the things that you talk about on social media and what you shouldn't be talking about probably on your stories and on Instagram and publicly and all these things. You don't have to agree with me on all of this. You might have a completely different opinion and that is okay, but this is just what I think. I'm actually guilty of doing a lot of these. This is what I believe you should stop doing. So number one is talking about stolen gear or lost gear or equipment because when you go on your social media stories, it might seem innocent enough. Like let's say you left your camera in your car and your car gets broken into and your camera gets stolen and now you go on social media to talk about it. Now I've seen this happen to people and people started to GoFundMe for her and she was able to get like all her equipment back and, and it was fine. But you know, I, I see both sides to this scenario, right? Like, as a photographer going on there, like, stuff happens, right? Life happens. Like, sometimes stuff like this, unfortunately, it's just how the world is. I know, like I said, this can be kind of a touchy subject, and I get that for sure. And while it may seem harmless enough, we have to be thinking about running our business in a way of excellence, the most excellence that we can, right? I believe in transparency to some degree and being realistic and being authentic on social media. I believe in all of those things. But I also believe that if we're always talking about how, even not always, but if we talk about how we left our camera just like sitting on the floor and something somebody kicked it, or, you know, we, ha we left it out on an open table and somebody stole it or it got stolen out of our car. As a client potentially watching you on your Instagram stories, I might feel for you, but I also might think, man, like that really sucks, but maybe that just is like a thing. Like, are they a careless person? Is that kind of just you being you know, not responsible. And so I could see that client, even if they're not like attacking you for it, I could see them being concerned that maybe you aren't the most responsible for your things. And also, if you're if you're starting to arch your back, like I would never, because I feel like I'm gonna get backlash and people saying like I wouldn't want to work with, you know, there some of that's just human error, and I wouldn't want to work with people that like don't understand, you know, human error or just things that happen in life. And I can see that perspective too, 100%. But I also want you to think about it from another photographer's perspective because here's the deal. I send out a lot of referrals to other photographers and I, like if I'm booked for a day, I might refer a whole list of photographers to people, but I pay attention to what other people talk about and post about on social media too. And I've actually heard other people say the same thing that if you're gonna make referrals to clients, for other photographers, like you wanna make sure that they are responsible, that they're taking care of their things. And if I know somebody is not being their best self with their equipment and the things 
in the way that I think that they should be, then I'm probably not going to send referrals to them anymore. I just want you to kind of keep that in the back of your mind too. Like your clients are watching you and other businesses might be watching you. And I think those are all just important things to keep in the back of your mind. And like I said, you don't have to agree with me. You can think I don't really care. Like it is what it is and that's totally fine. Ignore this then. But um, that's just my two cents. Um, and then the next thing is hard drive failures or like SD card failures or any of your equipment that's like malfunctioning and all that kind of stuff. Because this kind of goes along with the first one. Um, we don't need to really tell the whole world that our things are, you know, not working the way that they should be even. And like as a photographer, if your SD card corrupts and now you can't access images on it anymore, even if you have photos backed up and you're like, it's okay, like I lost all the photos on this card, but no worries because I have them all on this card. Like that's all fine and dandy. But in my personal opinion, people, like I said, are paying more attention to you than you think they are. And we want to come off as professionals we possibly can. And if you're always talking about like these issues and malfunctions that you're facing, even though people can understand like that's that happens, that's normal. You don't want to become known as like the person on Instagram who talks about their issues and like has all these problems or who lost an entire wedding gallery before or something like that. You just, you don't want that on your shoulders. Per, I mean, I wouldn't personally. Now, if you're really experiencing like issues with something like this and you do need to talk to somebody because you just don't know what to do to fix it, then there are places for that. I mean, there's Facebook groups and there are like private areas where you can ask questions and like find the information that you need. But even in these private Facebook groups, I see a lot of people like bashing their clients <laughs> and it's just kind of crazy to me that like I mean I've definitely posted in Facebook groups and asked questions before but it's really interesting especially in like the legal ones where there's like legal questions and I get it like sometimes you get in frustrating situations but you never know who is in one of those groups. You never know who is watching you and you just want to be careful with anything that you put out into the world publicly even in a private Facebook group like there's still ways that people could access that. So if you have questions, I would just say tread lightly on how you speak and how you say it. And then the third and last thing that I think people should probably stop talking about on social media, and this is probably the one I'm the most guilty of because I have definitely done this, but is being super tired. And I see this a lot when photographers do doubleheader weddings or they have back-to-back -back shoots and they will get on their stories and they will talk about how busy they are or how tired they are and, all, you know, just all the things or how they had to drink five cups of coffee to just get by that day. And the problem with this is think about what it looks like from your followers or potential client's perspective or your current client's perspective. If you just photographed a wedding and then you get home that night and you're like, oh my gosh, that was such a long day. I'm exhausted. Like, I'm just so ready to hit the pillow. Like, I'm dying. I mean, they just had the best day of their life and now they're getting on Instagram and watching you talk about how you just like died when you got home. Like, that would be super discouraging to me as a bride, as someone who's literally on both sides of this. I would be super disappointed to like see that and hear that from 
this person that I was hoping would like join in on the joy and add to it with me. So we don't want to go on there and talk about those kinds of things. I feel like social media has become this place where it's just really easy to hold up that, you know, camera on our phones and, and talk about things and just start rambling on. And sometimes we don't even realize like where our ramble's gonna go and then pretty soon all of a sudden it ends in like a rant or I'm just straight up complaining about everything under the sun. And like, first of all, who wants to follow somebody that is just complaining all the time or ranting all the time or has all these negative thoughts to share all the time? And secondly, nobody's going to want to hire somebody that's, you know, talking about how much they have to do and how full their plate is and how they need a vacation, like, so bad. Even if it's true, I mean, girl, I feel you, like, I want a vacation, but that doesn't mean I should go on Instagram and talk about how much I hate my life because I need a vacation. Um, you just, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be known as that person that's kind of the negative Nancy on social media. Again, I think there is like a fine balance that we need to find because I do believe in being authentic and being personable and, and, and truly sharing what's happening in our life. I do believe that, but I think there's a balance between personable and professional. And you kind of have to be the judge of your own situation on like where that line is for you and what works for you. And um, like I said, these are all just my opinions and things based on my own personal experience. You can take them, you can leave them um, and, and just do whatever you feel is best for you, but maybe it's just something to keep in the back of your mind for future things. And I know I talk about photography a lot as an example, but these obviously apply to whatever business you're in, whatever industry you're in, um, all the same rules apply. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you. I hope that you found it encouraging and hopefully I didn't ruffle too many feathers. I'll probably get all these like messages later about it. <laughs> no, I don't know. But um, I hope this was valuable to you guys. I hope it does give you like maybe some nuggets to think about and to um, yeah contemplate over you know your business and all that good stuff. I really do want to see you guys be successful and strive strive thrive. I don't know. Anyway it's a Friday as I'm recording this so <laughs> here I go saying I need a nap. <laughs> um, any I'm like totally contradicting myself. Shut up Sarah. All right guys I hope you guys have a beautiful, lovely day, and I will talk to you guys in the next one. Bye, guys.